2: This is the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... At the left-hand,
3: Ralph W. Basham, MD. Andy Brandt-Bernard.
1: Cassie Schrader.
3: We'll be back with more of the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're
4: trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
5: listen to that walls are commercial they're gonna have to start saying just the cars we don't serve <laughs> <laughs> it'd be easier for me. are you uh
2: this is the Tom Bernard show I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Tom this song just makes me want to punch puppies I don't know I just oh my god this do you like that does music ever have that effect on you where no. you just hear a song and you just no. get in a bad place no no, nice it doesn't, job. Does,
5: honey. Doesn't get me in a bad place.
1: <laughs> hey, I could play Fleetwood Mac. No, you
5: can't. Or Uh-oh. Steely
6: Dan.
1: No, <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> no Steely. Uh, I will uh, flip this table and walk out in a so, agitated so, so, state. So, that's
2: that's your limit. I don't Steely think, uh, Dan. Yeah, Meatloaf, Steely Dan, and Fleetwood Mac to me are three of the most
5: overrated music. Well, they groups can be overrated, singers, but they, you know, it, I just it, can't do their music. I can't do it. it. Can no. you? Can you do Albenberg? Who? Albin Berg. <laughs> He's a German he composer. <laughs> I'm going to be pretentious. I'm going to go. You want to go deep, deep pretentious? I go deep pretentious. He he composed in a twelve-note atonal scale. God, I hope I got that right. Twelve-note atonal scale. And and I was I was I went to a concert. went to the, uh, the symphony in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. My wife and I. They played Alvin Berg. And I go, man, that's the weirdest thing. It just is. Oh, uncomfortable to listen to And then it, So I, I go back, I back to work And on my service at the time There was, there was a medical student and, and he was a music major And I said Oh, he went here Alvin Berg What's with that? He goes Oh, that's music you're supposed to look at Not play Because it's just a, It's a musical study Or a theory, musical theory thing That the guy was doing you know, just, uh, Alvin Burke. So,
2: was it just like awkward to listen to?
5: Oh, yeah, It'll be a little bit like uh, maybe like that. form he- jazz? I always liken it to the heavy metal guys where, the, where they're distorting their their voice whenever they're real close to the, uh, to the microphone and mm-hmm. it's screaming, and that. It's a bit of that. Oh, it can be yeah. kind of uncomfortable to listen to. A little atonal.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I think I grew to hate Meat Love song because uh, Tim and I, my, my buddy on the radio show, we used to work at a bar. He was the DJ, I was the bouncer. And the, the girls always wanted that and the Greased Lightning song to dance to. And it was just the corniest two songs on planet Earth. Greased Lightning? Yeah, from uh, the, the movie Grease.
7: And that was pretty popular in, like, the 90s.
2: Yeah, so we would, uh, we'd have to play those. But it was, like, every 45 minutes they were calling out for dashboard, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights to go out there and do their little weird... Dance groove too. Oh, I just got oh so, tired of so there it. was like
5: a line dance. They, 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 they of, ritual. Yeah, it was, it was a know. ritual. Was it a ritual dance?
2: Yeah, it's one of those where like they take turns singing
5: back and forth to one another. And, and was it, just and, like, what it what was, what's, what's going on? And it was women doing this? Yes. There's yeah. a, that that's that's a, a really a huge genetic flaw in women that do that <laughs> that sort of thing. the electric
2: slide! I'm i mean, in. I, that, that,
5: that's right, because I would always, when you see the line, Dan, mm-hmm. it would always be women, and I go, "Man, that is the weirdest thing in the world," and I just it never. You know, ne- never made sense to me why women are so drawn to that. It, it made sense
2: to me because at a, when you're at the wedding and you need a break to talk to the guys, you just go slip the DJ five bucks to play electric slide, and then they'll all run up on the and it gives you ten minutes to drink and talk to oh one my another.
1: Oh, God the secret's <laughs> out, Ralph. I'm you know, it
5: thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm gonna add that to the list, you know the two like I always said about wedding, the two best things about a wedding are one, the bride. They're always beautiful. Right. And what's the not most? always. Oh, it's yeah, seen all... some
2: ugly brides. No, right? no, that's not true.
5: Not true. When you look at them, no, they're sweet. They have they have no. a, a certain air about them. No, they're always beautiful. You watched yeah, have you No, it. but they're they're when they well on that day, they're 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 at their best. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's important about weddings, yes, cake, the cake. Yeah, only thing that's important. My, I, people could care less about the meal, the band, open bar, closed bar, whatever drinks. Only p- people are there for the cake because as soon as you eat the cake, you go home. people don't stick around and dance stuff like that no i i say that time and time again cake so you have the wedding eat cake everybody goes home save money everybody's happy so i should just like when
2: my daughters finally get married just like we get into the the reception we feed them and i just start walking around pieces of cake right then and there no you
5: don't feed anybody you don't feed it no 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 No. you don't understand you feed people cake you feed people cake. That's why you give, you, you go, you have the ceremony, you uh-huh. go, you have a couple, gla- maybe a glass of sparkling wine, eat cake, go home. No band, no, no, dancing. Band, no dancing. If the, the bride and well, groom and their no buddies want to that. go dance, so. they can go dance someplace. Wow. But mostly old people don't want to. Do you but,
2: stand on the, uh, on the front lawn and shake your fist in righteous <laughs> indignation at <of> kids <laughs> crossing <laughs> the air? <across laughs> hey, earth? you
5: kids get off my lawn. Yeah, there's hey. old man Basham, quick. Oh, Make old, a run for it. That's, that's old Doc Basham. Old, old Doc, Doc Basham's Basham, over there. Yeah. He's cranky. Don't go over there. He'll throw a rock at you or something. <laughs> old <laughs> Doc Basham's a little nuts. nuts uh, Sitting out there eating your
2: cake on your little plate yelling at kids? That's right. My buddy paid an absorbent amount of money uh, <laughs> for a cake that tasted like a giant Suzy Q. Do you remember Hostess Suzy Q's? Oh, yeah. It was a devil's food cake and then... What whipped the... animal fat with sugar.
5: And? That's all it is. what's
2: Why would you spend like $500 for a cake that tastes like a 99 cent Suzy Q? Because you have to.
5: You have to oh for that. My God. Yeah. You have to do that. You have to spend the money on the cake. You never got us what flavor no. it might be. Suzy Q. Didn't you make our cake, honey?
1: No, I didn't, but I got it at Walmart.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you did? Hey, and.
2: Good <laughs> cake. My oldest daughter got. Uh, cake? My My oldest daughter, Jen, got um, ordained through the Universal Church of Life, and she came to perform our ceremony. Sure. We did it in Sweet. my living room. Yeah. We made uh, we had a Walmart cake. <laughs> yeah. Our cake toppers were Princess Leia and Captain Kirk. Oh, I,
5: oh uh, that's mixing. That's mixing no, science and then we had, metaphors. we had the, had the i uncrum- metal
2: fair. We had the TARDIS from Doctor Who, so we mixed the whole genre. See, she's a Star Wars. I'm a Star Trek, so we had to blend it together somehow. You know,
5: if you if you would have had uh, you know, the image of Deadpool on that cake painted in, then you'd had something. With <laughs> a three with Deadpool on it. Sitting
1: on, on top it. of the TARDIS? No, no,
5: no. You know, that would be the image that would be on top of the cake. Oh. oh. you know, Him with the thumbs up or the heart. Maybe the heart. Heart would be good. Is that That's a you know, wedding thing. Heart yeah. kind of thing where he does the heart thing. Yeah. Do, uh, do sure. The thing about the cake is that Lindsay likes, my wife likes... Uh-huh. The cheapest cake in the world. She likes that stuff.
1: Betty Crocker?
5: <laughs> no, no. We can go to wedding cake and you get the cheap wedding cake. So it, would be, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't – it would be um, – Like sponge cake? No, it wouldn't be Walmart good.
1: Okay. It would be like <laughs> – Not four, that
5: good. It would be 4 or 5 you know, steps down that little food A little Debbie tray. good. Oh, a little Debbie good. About like that. She <laughs> likes the kind of icing that hurts your teeth when you eat oh, it. Oh, because it's so sugary. Sweet. It's yeah. all sugary. Yeah.
3: And whipped, right,
5: whipped yeah. animal uh, fat. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> you know, I, I like dry I, you, I of. like the kind that has, you know, some fresh fruit inside, maybe a little cream layer in there. fruit? What are you... Oh, oh, while well, you're listening cakes. to your Italian, my first pretentious wedding. German. Then my first wedding, I hate to say, it, just make sure that Lindsay doesn't hear that. You take, you'll take it out, won't you, uh, Andy? <laughs> the, but the first, you know, it was an Italian wedding, and they mm-hmm. had fresh fruit in that cake with mm-hmm. a slice of like a pudding cream in there. Holy cow. That sounds It was delicious. one of the best things in the world. You were almost willing to get remarried to her just for another slice? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. No, the cake, the cake was good. Uh-huh. It wasn't that good. Are you sure? I'm absolutely certain. I'm uh-huh. absolutely certain. I tried to save it, too, for that first year. Oh, don't ever do that. If you, hey, newlyweds, don't try to save part of that cake no. in the freezer for a year. At the end of that year, that day, cake is yeah. awful.
2: I thought you're supposed to like uh, sleep eat it. on it, right? What? Aren't you supposed to take it out a year after and sleep on it or, or no, put it the, under your pillow or something? That's a placenta. No, that's, <laughs> you're thinking the placenta. You're supposed yeah, you know, to take the pl- sleep <laughs> on the placenta. You're supposed to cook the placenta and eat it. <sighs> Did you know that? That's another one of the weird Some wedding traditions. There, what if you're traditions. a roast? So, oh, if you're a vegan... Then, Oh, mm. yeah. that, but like, that's from yourself. So you think you're okay? No animal has been slaughtered for that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I watched this thing. A, a woman cooked up her placenta, and she had the godparents come over, and they all sat around and ate it. It was very bizarre, and I don't know where that stems from because I know animal cannibalism. A, I'm
5: pretty
2: sure what, well,
1: animals with? do it, but they animals do it for do it
5: sometimes. What well, stems from starvation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and,
2: and
1: but,
5: no, it does. It, Ralph's it, theory is if they just would have had cake, this wouldn't, wouldn't
1: happen. <laughs> That's <But> right. <laughs> There's brown beef, no matter whatever grocery store you go but, to. But like. if you
5: if you look back, you look back three, four thousand years. Yeah. Your main goal was uh, getting a bite to eat. Yeah. That's all you did. You're just trying to keep yourself alive, not starving. And when that placenta pops, out,
1: "It's
5: a free free food for mom." You know, she's got a breastfeed now. They hey, feed Any, her that. I apologize <laughs> to anybody that. stopping for a quick snack on the <laughs> run home know, this right now. Lunch
1: hour. <laughs>
5: stopping for a burger. The, yeah. The placenta. Oh. You know, oh. eating the placenta. I never saw. I no. never could figure. I thought out. you well,
2: you took the piece of cake and you put it under your pillow or some nonsense. No, I just.
1: It. I think. I was can you
5: sleep just... a piece of cake? Would that ruin the pillow? you keep it in a bag or something.
2: Oh, as guess,
1: much I as I frost What is it, Andy? Do you pillow. see what I'm talking I about? I would have frosting all okay. over <laughs> Wait, me. And, <laughs> what, what's what,
5: the, and what kind of what kind of a sick perversion is this? You put the you put the piece of cake, the, you know, your wife sleeps on it. She's got frosting all over her face. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Next thing you want, the frosting on her feet. Next, yeah, I can see <laughs> this coming. What do you coming. mean next? That's where it starts. That's, that's where it starts. What's, uh, what's the... Uh, that's
2: really about as complicated as it is. Just you put the slice of pot, uh, cake underneath the... Uh, Oh, uh
7: yeah that
5: uh, what is it supposed to indicate or is it was it was this part of the conjugation
7: a person sleeping with a piece of the wedding cake under their pillow will dream of their future partner that night
5: oh so people who go to the wedding oh. do it. it's not the wedding couple doing this i thought i thought you were oh, in some so real bizarre conversion the- there where <laughs> there's conjugation going on <laughs> in that cake
1: so if you're like one of the chicks who didn't be lucky enough to catch the bouquet you can take mm-hmm. a piece of wedding cake home oh,
5: exactly <laughs> they, now they're there there's they should start throwing cake you know do the animal <laughs> house thing you know food fight and throw cake throw cake at, they yeah. should throw cake at the bridesmaids that aren't married Mental
2: uh, note: do not
5: invite passion to my kids <laughs> <laughs> throwing cake <laughs> instead of the to the, the guard instead the guard no who gets the garter belt
1: Oh, those are the, the, the groomsmen. Well, the grooms- oh, the
5: groomsmen get
2: that. Well, the
1: groom right? tosses the garter belt and, and the guy ends single up on a five year arm. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Some five-year-old staggers in and a milk high and all co- hopped up on wedding cake and grabs the the uh,
5: the garter. That's what happens. Puts it around his head and runs around with a yeah. garter belt on his head. Oh,
1: uh, wedding like traditions. Mm-hmm.
5: I know it just gets worse. So, so what does what does a, what will a guy sleep underneath his pillow? You know, to get married, if it's, if the wedding cake. Well, what would it be? Empty bottle of Jack uh, Daniels, <laughs> tequila. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> he gets an empty bottle of tequila have from. that funny the... memory
2: with tequila, though. You uh, wake you know, up from that dream. God. <laughs> <What a> picture. <laughs> no cool weddings.
5: Wow. We got. We, we got. Our, when we got married, we had. There were five people at the wedding. That was the minister, really. Lindsay and I, and the best man, and maid of honor. And that was it. That was it. Boom. Done. Nope, nobody with a shotgun behind no, you. No. 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 And it doesn't stick any better if you got a big wedding. So.
2: No, you're right. As a Matter of fact, I've had those. <laughs> My one son goes, Dad, I'm not going to be able to work. I, I won't be able to be there. I'm working. I'm like, you were at the last two, and they didn't turn out so good. Maybe you're the jinx. <laughs> you're <laughs> the... stay home.
1: Yeah, ours was very simple, just family and.
5: Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for that because that you know that it really means it's a meaningful ceremony and there's not as much of a show or show atmosphere oh, that's better or than in, your, just in, your, in your case a circus <laughs> it be a circus atmosphere yeah. you know
2: well, I had all the grandkids and the the uh, did you have a the gesture kids. We had a gesture at your we, did. we, did we had, you had a juggler juggler, a juggler.
5: A juggler. A juggler. <laughs> but you know not, not a, corners but off. not a, a rich not man. an expensive juggler we didn't have a no. expensive juggler not, not with the chainsaws no. or a blazer or anything like that we had somebody he did he did he did, he did tennis balls <laughs> he did he did a couple lemons you know and that was about it he was not even even with the bowling pins. You know, didn't yeah, you wouldn't a rich, even do that too a dangerous. Guy. <laughs> a the bowling pins can double up the cost of your
2: <laughs> <laughs> juggling experience. You're a juggler. Yeah. Oh. and then I had the uh, eight year old across the street do some magic for everybody during the <laughs> drinking time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
5: Let me Wait, it? Is it? What? I can't
2: even yeah, do it? doing
3: the it thumb, a... <laughs>
5: doing the thumb. <laughs> look I can pull
3: my thumb off.
1: Yeah, yeah and afterwards we went over to Portillos and ate dinner.
5: That was our yeah. Reception dinner was at Portillo's. Uh, you know, genius. It's wonderful. I yeah. mean, it's a yeah. sweet. Your me- all memories are sweet, and as simple as they are, as nice as they are, to be able to say, "Hey, we had a Walmart cake." Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a sweet thing. It's a beautiful memory. Yeah, and, and we can laugh it is, about it. And it is what it is, and it's a stronger memory than saying, "Oh, we spent five hundred dollars for a cake." Usually, because you wouldn't have remembered that cake.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Because it was you know st- what, that cake also made it on uh, Twitter. And I was actually
2: uh, commented on by William Shatner because of the cake. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. He, he took a pot shot at Harrison Ford because we I put the picture up and I tagged Captain Kirk in it, you know, and I said, this is our wedding cake. And he goes... Uh, see what happens when you don't have your own Twitter account, Harrison Ford. And like, <laughs> so I got acknowledged. So you, so by you know him Shatner. well, Who? very well. Shatner, William Shatner. Oh no, not at all. No, <laughs> no. Just I. Tweeted oh, you just making it up? Oh, you're no, no, it's true. Up. I asked my wife. I tweeted the picture yep. out and and I tagged William Shatner in it, and he's very good at responding to some tweets. And uh, he congratulated us, but made fun of Harrison Ford. And see, if you were on Twitter, you would have been on top of the cake.
5: Only time I ever saw him was at uh, the a question Center in Burbank when uh, he, had, he he sponsors a charity event there. And he was riding on a horse coming past. I said, who's this old guy on the horse? And here's William Shatner. And he's a big horseback rider. I think, cool. Very
1: cool. I mean, we went all geek for our wedding. I mean, Did you? when my boys kind of... So, kinda walk me up the living room.
5: <laughs> so did, we we talked talk about life's too short. Did you have did you have Dave wearing the uh, Ewok mask?
1: No, he no. had a Star Trek tie on, uh-huh. and I almost wanted to wear my Chewbacca mask, but and then um, but J- but Dave,
5: Dave did not he did not want to give up that fantasy of kissing Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, and then I had uh, the Star Wars theme song. <sighs> Instead of the traditional bridal march song,
5: <laughs> well, you should, you, should have done the, you should have done the march the you Imperial should have, Death No, you should have done the uh, uh, march scene from uh, first episode of Star Wars. We have to take a break. We'll come back with more lunacy <laughs> here on The Tom Bernard
2: Show.
3: Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about Flow FloDocks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. They're completely modular so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install level and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water you see flows passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter faster and effortless to install and use are you starting to see a pattern here flow is about making things easy my friends at flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F L O E I N T L dot com. Flow Docks and Lifts. A better way.
2: We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader. A lightning has killed an Arkansas father of two. Tyler Grisham was doing construction work when a tree close to him was struck. Hmm. That happened last week as storms blew through central Arkansas K-Arc reports Tyler Grisham was working at a construction site Friday when a tree nearby him was struck. Grisham was also hit and rushed to a hospital. But it was too late. Grisham's father-in-law Wade Bogner told reporters the lightning had wreaked too much havoc for his son-in-law to be saved. The 27-year-old was the father of two young daughters. The tragedy came along the major storms, uh, along with major storms in the region, where some areas saw as much as three inches of rain, according to KFSM National Ocean- Oceanographic. How do you say that? Oceanographic. Yeah, I that's guess. it. Yeah, and uh, Atmospheric Administration. Uh, says Grisham was the fifth lightning fatality in the U.S. this year.
7: Apparently, about fifty-one people die of lightning strikes every year in the U.S.
5: How many people die from snake bites? Uh, Why do you got to throw that in a mix? <laughs> wow, oh, it gives you a sense of just how unusual it is. It's very unusual. Oh, no, actually, yeah. I was, I, that was the wrong question. How many people die from bee stings? There's more people die from bee stings than snake bites. And yeah, lightning. people are much more. More people die from hippo attacks, I heard. <clears throat>
2: Hippo? Then what? Bee stings? Yeah. Then no, I think then like <laughs> shark attacks and and s- snakes and spiders combined or something ridiculous. And you would think how the hell do you get attacked <laughs> by a
5: hippo? And to go in the water in uh, Central Africa? Oh, yeah. the, there. Well, at, first that, of all, who does that anyway?
2: There's those giant saltwater crocodiles, and dysentery. Well,
5: what? Or the, there was a minister that got uh, you know taken down by a crocodile last week or week before last. He was baptizing somebody and boop, you well, know, Reverend Jones is gone.
1: Yeah, a lot of people in Africa they get attacked by these hippos because they go—that's where they go for their water sources. So they bring their buckets and stuff, and these hippos—they're so stealthy. I mean, for a big animal, you would—but you can't see them underwater because they can be underwater for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they'll just pop up.
5: I know they're fast.
1: Yeah.
5: I know, but why do they have such an edge to them? Why do they have such an attitude? I don't (laughs) know, know. Look at them. Maybe shaming. <laughs> shaming. Fat fat
2: shaming. They're so just that, very angry. Is that what it is?
5: It's what it is.
7: Twenty two deaths from snake bites in the past eight years. So oh, three a year. Or,
5: oh, that's not bad at all. That's in
7: America. Uh yeah.
5: Because you you get over into uh where the cobras are and it's it's a little bit higher there.
7: Yeah, it's almost all rattlesnakes.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. People are always shaming the hippos. <laughs> I think we. Did <laughs> oh. you
2: sound any more Minnesota mom? Oh yeah, people are always shaming the hippos. They
1: are. Was it
5: were they were they, sh- were they shamed in Lion King?
1: I mean, I don't. Were, was there a hippo <laughs> in Lion King? I don't, no, See, so I don't remember. No, because they're racist at Disney. See, insignificant. We have a
7: caller. We do. I don't know if it's our guest or not.
6: Hello, who's with us? Hi, this is Josh. I am your next guest. Oh, oh. hey,
2: Josh, calling in a few minutes early. We appreciate that. We're just uh, uh, talking right now about. Uh, <laughs> Some very strange things. Uh, glad you're able to join us as we're yes. talking about these. Uh, the, but we'll get started. Uh, it,
5: it was getting uh, it get, getting a little surreal, yeah, Josh. Getting a lot I, surreal. A little surreal.
2: Uh, well,
6: let me throw a wet blanket on that.
2: Yeah, no, but no. <laughs> I don't know. No. This is uh, Joshua Shea is our guest. Uh, he's promoting his new book, The Addiction Nobody Will Talk About, How I Let My Pornography Addiction Hurt People and Destroy Relationships. On the outside, Joshua Shea, a former magazine publisher and politician from Maine, Added all together, a pillar of his community. Nobody knew about his mental health and pornography addiction issues. That eventually came to a head when he was publicly shamed and outed, losing almost everything in the process. Uh, it's been four years now, Josh. Is that right?
6: Yeah, I've been in recovery. Uh, it'll be a couple days here. It'll be four months, four, four years, four months.
2: You know, we, we talked uh, last hour with Kevin Sullivan, and we were discussing... Um, Ted Bundy and he blamed a lot of his violence and aggression towards women on an an addiction to pornography and you know I grew up watching porn I think most of the guys in the studio have at one point or another and I I just never felt that sense nor ever felt like it was something you'd become addicted to it I, I guess I was surprised to hear that there is true addiction to pornography how how does that get started for you?
6: Uh, Well, it's one of those things where you can ask, you know, an alcoholic or a gambling addict exactly how they became an addict, and there's no exact litmus test. I think that addiction uh, starts three ways. I think, number one, you're dealing with a certain set of DNA that's been passed down to you. Number two, I think it has to do with the environment you've been raised in, especially as an early child and when you're starting to form some of your first coping mechanisms and survival skills. And then I think it also just has to do with poor decision-making on your part. And uh, I believe all three of those played a role in both of my uh, porn addiction and alcoholism uh, as I, you know, uh, first, identify my addiction in as a uh, young teenager, and then up through my twenties and then finally into my thirties, where it reached a uh, a critical point and uh you know kind of blew up in my face in a very public way
5: josh in, in uh in in our culture in general there's a taboo on sexuality you can't see this stuff on t v there's just incredible taboo. How much does that play into the thrill? that's that you know a person may get from watching pornography
6: i think that might play into the thrill for non-addicts but i think that's like asking an alcoholic how much does the taste thrill you Mm -hmm. um it's really not about that Hmm. it's a coping mechanism dealing with other things um just like any other addiction is um and it's you know, it's one of those things that it clicked with me at a very early age. I can tell you that I was 11 years old the first time I saw true hardcore pornography. And when I saw that, I had the exact same reaction as I had a couple years later when I got really drunk for the first time. And it was a sense of euphoria. It's a sense of, aha, I have found something here for a moment. My stress, my anxiety, anything that's making me sad or fearful about this world disappears I have found the answer here. And unfortunately, you go back to that answer again and again and again, and you keep trying to find that high. I mean, it really is about trying to get a dopamine hit.
2: There are a lot of people out there that get caught doing stupid things and then they'll turn it around on an addiction issue. And, In in a lot of cases on the outside, it looks as though they're just trying to point a finger at a villain to blame so that I can, and especially in the world of celebrity and, and politicians, then that gives me something that I can work or strive towards getting rid of. Do you see many people that make those claims that you see aren't really addicted, they're just making stupid choices and they're looking for a
6: scapegoat? Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, because I was in uh, rehab for sex addiction for seven weeks back in 2015. Uh, I don't think any of the people there were just making excuses. I've been in support groups, and I don't see those people making excuses. Are there people out there who do? I'm sure there are. But, you know, if Tiger Woods was screwing around on his wife of a couple years, who was absolutely beautiful with 15 different women, you know, there may actually be an addiction there to sex. You know, there may be an addiction to porn. Uh, I'm you know, I'm not really the one to decide for an individual if it's an addiction or if it's an excuse. The thing I will say is I don't use addiction, which I know that I have as an excuse for my actions, because, as I said, I think your own personal decision making plays a big role in your addictions. When
2: did you realize this was an addiction and not just a fascination?
6: I think that I always recognized that I used pornography too much or more than the average person. Uh, probably when I was in my teenage years in high school, when you know my friends would you know find a porno tape, put it on, mm. and everybody would sit around and you know crack jokes about it. And uh and I was sitting there going, This I, I wanna watch this by myself for a very different reason. Um, it was one of those things that was a go to for me, whether it was, you know, early on magazines or then VHS tapes or then uh videos online. I, you know, had this suspicion that I was using this with a frequency and duration more than most people and I didn't feel like I was using it recreationally. I mean, like, like again, I could draw exact parallels to my alcohol use. I knew that while I wasn't a fall-down drunk, I knew that I utilized alcohol in a way that most people weren't. It wasn't recreational. It was medicinal.
2: You know, I, I'm always fascinated by the fact that a lot of people will compare their lives or what they want their lives to be like to a movie, And a lot of women will tell you that they're very disappointed in the real world of relationships because it didn't turn out like The Notebook or it didn't turn out like Pretty Woman. It didn't have that feel. Is there a a disappointment from being engaged in porn to translating over to the real life? I mean, is there that kind of fall down for you that you're like, this is nothing like what I watch. This is nothing like what they experience. Or is it a totally different kind of uh, reality that
6: you're going through? Well, but that, that's one of the, uh, you know, reasons I used pornography was to escape to a place not necessarily where, you know, it was cheerleaders and hot blonde girls, but just escape reality. You know, the, the woman on the computer screen or on the magazine page, she can't say no to me. She can't, you know, nag me to take out the trash. She is just there for my use it is a bit of a fantasy world. And it's interesting that you mention women in some of those movies, uh, women who develop porn addictions at an exponential rate, higher than men actually take it to the next level and act out on it. And when a lot of them have been asked and surveyed what happened, they do cite movies like that saying that, you know, they're the man is looking for a physical release with the pornography, uh, And they get it. The woman is looking for some sort of connection, and pornography doesn't have it. So far more women actually act out than men uh, after uh, pornography and uh, have it escalate.
5: Josh, you you mentioned that uh, you're coming from sex addiction as well. Is that synonymous with the the pornography addiction, or is that something separate?
6: I I use sex addiction as a catch-all because everybody uses sex addiction as a catch-all. Unfortunately, right now, the DSM, which is kind of the Bible that's used by psychologists, it doesn't have sex addiction listed. The only behavioral addiction right now in there is gambling addiction. I think another five, ten years there will be sex addiction, but I think it needs to be broken down. Um, When people say sex addiction, I think they're thinking intercourse. And that was never my issue. I've been faithful to my wife for 15 years. Um, I think and there are also people um, who I've run into in some of my support groups in rehab who had issues with exhibitionism. Um, or other you know things that you don't think about when it comes to sexual behavior and they had compulsions and addiction towards those so sex addiction is used as a catch-all i know in my case it was it was specifically porn addiction
5: in, in the and in, in if you look at uh, activity addictions rather than chemical addictions and they certainly are related but if you look at activity addictions like gambling uh, maybe uh, pornography uh, sex addictions uh, maybe if you look at people that do uh, some of these uh, crazy super dangerous wingsuit fly things they could look at that as addiction because yeah. they get this it's it's this dopamine uh, uh, hit or this dopamine high that they get as a result of it is that is that what they're is that what, is, would you say that's a common thread
6: yeah that's a common thread and that's actually a common thread with people who have drug addictions alcohol addictions and food addictions as well while those also have other physical side effects based on the chemical being or the, the substance being placed into their body, every addict is looking for that dopamine hit in their in their brain. And what causes the addiction is that you start to actually flood your dopamine receptors. You essentially fry them. So the alcoholic needs to start drinking more or drinking, uh, you know, higher proof alcohol. The porn addict has to go from magazines to videos to, you know, live chat rooms, uh, it escalates because you do so much damage to your dopamine receptors that you need to just keep escalating to reach where you once did. Um, and that's true basically across all all addictions.
2: So in the case of Bundy, it went from these type of what most people would look at as just mild addiction to something else. It was probably his dopamine levels that he was engaging mm-hmm. or trying to engage that kept escalating his, um, his actions.
6: Well, while, I'm sure there were a few other uh, crazy things at play, um, I would absolutely believe that because I mean, you can do the same thing just so many times before it's no longer exciting or it no longer gives you anything. You know, there's There's a reason why some people can drink six beers and feel nothing. It's because they've had, you know they've built themselves up to that mm-hmm. point. There's a reason that there are people in Vegas who can bet hundred dollars and get a little thrill, and there are people who can bet ten thousand dollars and get no thrill at all. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about hitting that receptor in your head and, you know, scratching that little itch.
2: Josh, we're up against the break. Can you stay into the next segment a little bit more? Absolutely. Be happy to. All right. We'll do that. We'll continue talking with our guest, Joshua Shea, when we return. And we will have a link up to that uh, book on our site at the Tom Bernard show. So make sure you check that out. We've got a lot coming your way. One more segment left here on the Tom Bernard show.
0: We are here with Chris Lindahl. What's the latest? Chris Lindahl Real Estate, the real estate brokerage, is finally here. We've declared our innovation independence.
3: Your innovation (laughs) independence? You're (laughs) you're dressed independently today, I will tell you that. You look good,
0: man. You look great. (laughs) Thank you. And we also have something super exciting for KQ listeners. We are going to give away a free listing side commission now through June 29th. How's that work? So so we're going to sell someone's house for free. What? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it's just a way of saying thank you, and KQRS has been amazingly supportive to the Chris Lindahl brand and now to Chris Lindahl Real Estate. It's a way for us to say thank you. It's also not a bare-bones offer, so everything that Chris Lindahl does to get you top dollar for your house, we're still going to do, and we're going to do it potentially for free for one listener. Now, how do people get that done? How, how, how do they qualify for the, was it a drawing or what? Is it, it? Yep. So it's, so it's a drawing. So you can go to chrislandall.com. That's Chris with a K and you can click on the free listing side commission giveaway tab to sign up, or you can call 763-401-SOLD. That is a wonderful thing. And when, uh, when do they need to do this buy? So the deadline is June 29th, June 29th. And how do they do it? They go to ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris with a K or call 763-401-SOLD. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support during our transition. We're super excited and we're bringing innovation to another level. It is a wonderful thing. Chris Lindahl. Thank you. You're a good man. I remember when my older
3: brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star Families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Western Choppers, North Light Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today.
2: wrapping up another edition of the tom bernard show sitting in for tom i'm dave schrader our guest is joshua Shea. his book the addiction nobody will talk about how i let my pornography addiction hurt people and destroy relationships he's almost four years addiction free now and has released this new memoir about his journey to rock bottom and back up again josh can you tell us a little bit what was it like what brought you to that rock bottom the final straw that broke everything down
6: um Well, um, I had been a magazine publisher successfully for four or five years. My business started, and when my business started, it exploded. And with a ton of money coming in, uh, my uh, problems as a business person are, are were covered. Um, i'm I'm not a good business person. I'm a good writer, I'm a good editor. Um, and I was able to hide that for several years. Once revenues started to level off and then start to go downhill and expenses kept going up, I didn't know what to do. So I made the fateful mistake of pulling myself off of medication i had been taking for a couple decades for bipolar disorder, believing that if I could tap into my manic side – I might be able to save the business. And unfortunately, what happened was that when I pulled myself off of that medication, um, I overcompensated with both alcohol and pornography to a level that I never had before and reached what you know most, most people would call the critical phase of the addiction. I made the move from uh, just simply watching videos online to actually going into chat rooms and uh, engaging with women in there Uh, trying to convince them to do different uh, sexual acts. Um, I did that for a couple months. Uh, One morning in March of 2014, the Maine State Police showed up at my door and said that one of those girls that I had uh, done that with, or one of the females that I had done that with, was actually a teenage girl. And that day, my life came crashing to the ground. Uh, Everything changed. Um, but I look back right now and I can tell you that was the best day of my life that saved my life. Um, I would only give even odds that I'd be here talking with you today had the police not intervened because I was in such a bad place by that point. My, uh, businesses were almost gone. My relationship with my family was completely estranged. Um, I was, I was sick and I was not Uh, something was going to take me down. Um, and thank God that those police officers showed up at my door. Were you aware, or at least in the back of your mind,
2: aware of the possibility that one of these people could be underage?
6: I don't think that I really thought about it. If someone, if I was going on the, on one of these, uh, peer to peer sites and somebody looked underage, I hit the button to move on to the next person. Um, but I wasn't doing any interviews or asking for any IDs. Um, I think at that point, if they looked like a woman, that was good enough for me in, in the you know sick state that I was in.
5: But but these and I, and I I don't have a. Familiarity with the sites, but can any person, so of a, a teenager, wants to do this sort of thing? Can she just uh, fire up her own site with on her computer, or does it require more that, organization? Or is there any kind of background check? No, of you, age?
6: You, you need you, no. I mean you you need the uh, you need a webcam on your computer, and you need the ability to click a button that says "Yes, I'm 18.
5: Oh, oh, so okay, so that's the background check. Thank you. That, that, yeah,
6: that's, that's the background check,
5: and. So your so, your daughter could be up in her bedroom, uh, you know, making a couple bucks on the side on this. Or how how does this get charged? How does the money flow? Well, I mean,
6: there are. Well, this this the one the site I was on didn't. It it wasn't a webcam site where like a model or a wannabe porn star goes on there. This was just regular people who you'd go on. You turn on your camera, they turn on their camera, and you connect. And you know I, I won't go into every little detail of it but i actually figured out with the help of somebody else how to bypass my camera and show a video of a 23 24 year old good looking guy who women thought that they were you know typing away and talking to um, because I had greater success with that.
5: Okay. Um,
6: you know, it was a, it was about power for me. It was about control.
5: So it's a mutual for, in those situations where there's a free, these things, it's a mutual thing. So the person who is, uh, the woman is, is involved in the same kind of thrill as maybe the man would be.
6: Correct. And if they don't want to talk to me, they can hit next on their end. And if I don't want to talk to them, I can hit next on my end.
5: Now, you
2: said you were married at the time. Did your wife have any idea what was going on, that that this addiction even existed?
6: My wife knew that I looked at porn once in a while, and I believe she had a boys-will-be-boys, guys-look-at-porn-once-in-a-while attitude, but she uh, never had any idea just how much I looked at porn through the years because I was, you know, like any addict, I was very careful. I was very secretive. I had my routines to make sure I wouldn't get caught. Um, it only happened long after she went to bed at night. Um, so no, she had no idea the, uh, frequency or intensity of my addiction. She knew I drank too much, but she had no idea about the pornography side of things. Well, if it, if it's true that one in five men
2: believe that they may have a pornography addiction in the U S today, are there other statistics you think might surprise the average person?
6: Oh, absolutely. And you're talking about men overall right now, men, 18 to 30, One out of three believe they may have a porn addiction, um, which, you know, blows my mind. There is a uh, there was a study. The results just came out um, probably about two months ago now. Uh, It wasn't about porn addiction, but was looking how pornography is used in marriage. And among uh, people 18 to 40 years old, uh, I think it was 40, um, 98 percent of married men in that age group had looked at porn in the last six months. 98% 98% and about 70% of women had looked at porn in the last six months in that age group. Um, the U.S. Department of uh, Labor, a couple years back, released something saying that, you know, 24% of people had admitted to accessing pornography on their computer in the last year at work. Um, you know, there, there, there was another Canadian uh, uh, researcher who a few years back was trying to do some kind of study on pornography and after six weeks had to abandon the study because he couldn't find any men who hadn't looked at pornography in the last year on a computer. So he had no control group. I mean, this is a real big deal. And I'm not saying that everybody is an addict. But we're not even admitting that we look at this stuff casually on the computer. And statistics show that it's a huge amount of people, and obviously it becomes more as you get younger and more and more internet savvy, um, that are looking at this stuff on the computer. So when there's more people looking at it, when you have easier access than you've ever had in the past, you're going to have more addicts. And part of the reason for me putting out my book was to try to show people that, number one, there is no stereotypical addict. It's every type of person and there is uh there is a need for more help for more resources there may be guys like me who casually looked at porn for a couple decades who will pick up my book and see where it can lead to you know i i know for 99.8% of my life i never would have gone into a chat room like that and engaged with a with a real life woman like that but i reached a point where i did and if i can reach the point that i did that you know, any porn addict can take the wrong turn and end up there as well. So I'm trying to be a bit of a cautionary tale.
5: How big is the porn industry? I mean, well, in, as far as dollars per year? You'd have to, you know, well, the, the, the challenge is,
6: number one, defining what porn means and then deciding which number you want to go to. I've seen anywhere from $3 billion to $50 billion. You know, it, it, it's a giant, huge industry that, you know, since there's been, uh, currency has been around, and it's not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere. Uh, my 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 fight is not with the porn industry because I think as an adult you should be able to do whatever you want. You know, I can go to a local casino and gamble, and I don't mind blowing twenty dollars on a slot machine and then walking away. I don't have the gambling gene and I don't want anybody to tell me I can't gamble. I don't think anybody, you know, I don't think this is a fight against the porn industry. I think it's just about educating people that porn addiction is a real thing and that it can have ramifications and you have to watch out for it. What should a listener do if they believe that
2: they have someone close to them that has this pornography addiction? And yeah, I'm looking at you, honey. (laughs) No, but seriously, what should, what should a listener do if they have someone in their lives that they think is dealing with this?
6: Well, um, the first thing that they should do is, you know, take a look at uh, the difference between, you know, habit and addiction. A habit is something you do regularly with some sense of reward. You go jogging. You, you go to work every day. We have hundreds of habits in our lives. Uh, if it's an addiction, it's actually reached a point where it's causing negative consequences in their life, and it's a situation where they want to stop and they understand the negative consequences, but they just can't stop. Uh, if that's somebody that you know, someone close to you, you know, sit down and talk to them about it. If you're going to talk to them about it, there are two things. Number one, don't judge. They are looking at things, even if it's the most vanilla porn on Earth, we still have these great taboos around pornography. Um, If it is exotic stuff, still don't judge that's what people worry about is judgment and number two make it a very safe place you're not looking to throw somebody in the trunk of your car and drag them to rehab you're not looking to do anything other than to just have a conversation with them if you can create a safe judgment-free place you're more likely to have a conversation and then you can find out how much of a problem do they have why do they think that they look at it and you know suggest sitting down with a therapist. Um, And talking to them and finding out what are the real reasons behind your addiction, because as I mentioned, addiction is just a symptom of a larger problem in about 90 percent of people who have it. So if you can get to the root of that larger problem, as I've done through therapy over the last four years, um, it's actually a lot easier to stay away from those addictive behaviors when you know what causes them.
5: Yeah, a close friend of mine, uh, who whose wife actually uh, does uh, uh, psycholo- psychological care for uh, people who have addictions and whatnot. When he speaks to uh, when, at his meetings, he always says that uh, you didn't become an alcoholic because your car broke down in front of a bar, and you know you don't become right. a, a, you know, a porn addict because your car broke down in front of a uh, gentleman's club. I mean, it is it, no, it, it, there exactly. are other pieces to this that you have to respect. And and I would I would assume that just like uh, chemical addiction, um, these uh, a pornography addiction, you have an arrested development at some point And you need to start getting beyond that and helping some of those other issues and some of whatever those may be. And everybody's different. You know, what's. Uh,
6: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And learning, you know, it, it recovery isn't easy. It's hard work. It's painful work. It makes you angry. It makes you sad. It makes you confused. But if you can get through it and figure out, you know, the way I describe it is that you take who you think you are, you take all the pieces of the puzzle apart, take a look at them, put the puzzle back together, and you've got a different picture. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's challenging, but it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life because it's helped me understand how I became the person I did.
2: RecoveringPornAddict.com is the website to check out. Joshua Shea, our guest. And we again will have a link up for the book.
5: Yep.
2: And you can follow us on social media and on the website at the TomBernardShow.com. You'll be able to find the information on the addiction. Nobody will talk about how I let my pornography addiction hurt people and destroy relationships. Joshua, thank you for being open and coming on to share with us today. And thanks for giving me the time. I certainly appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you, and good luck in your uh, continued fight to uh, make right. I appreciate that you've got that fortitude to come forward and realize that that's not what defines you, changing your life is. So good job on that, and thank you for uh, offering up help to others. Thanks a lot. You've got it. LA Nick will be in studio tomorrow. I think Doug is off, right? Yes, yep. he's in Boston. He's on the road. You've also got uh, guests John Tammy that'll be calling in. The End of Work Why Your Passion Can Become Your Job. And Kaylin Gow will be a part of the show. Who's Kalen Gow? Oh, geez. <laughs> I
1: don't have <laughs> the calendar
2: up. So I, I've got it up. I can't see anything. It's just a name. Yeah, I
1: haven't put that, that info in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. What? He wrote a book on how to raise strong daughters. Oh, very her cool. father's day this week.
2: You know, it's funny. I, I When I was married in my past life, uh, I'd gone away <laughs> to an event, came back. My wife is livid with me. She said, we, you have a porn addiction. We need to talk about this. I'm like, what are you talking about? She shows me this picture that I had screen capped, and it has a 900 number underneath it. And it was an actress from the 80s. When I was a kid, she was on Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. And my buddy and I were talking about it. And I did some research trying to find out what had happened to her. And I said, did you call the 900 number? She goes, no, we don't need to blow money on that. I go, it's Psychic Friends Network. And how do you see a woman in 2005 with blown-out 80s hair and a thick blue turtleneck on and a 900 number and, and assume that it's porn? What kind of weird porn do you think I'm into? And, uh, she, I finally walked her through the, sta- the lines to show her what this picture had come from. And her response to me is, oh, I've got some explaining to do to my friends. I'm like, what? She goes, well, I've told everybody you're addicted uh, to porn. I'm like, why would
5: you do that? Uh,
2: but uh, yeah, I can understand the, the futility feeling yeah. of uh, feeling that you've just been betrayed and found out about this. But, yeah, my blue eyeshadowed 80s hair girlfriend almost had it out. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks to Kristen Burt and our guests, Kevin Sullivan and Joshua Shea. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for more of the best and the fun right here on The Tom Bernard Show.